This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub, Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. From New York City, it's the Todd Berry Podcast. The Todd Berry Podcast. Hey everyone, good evening, good afternoon. It's Todd Berry Podcast. Big day for me, my book comes out today. Thank you for coming to Hattiesburg. Little tour diary about touring uh, secondary market cities, some smaller cities and cities where comedians don't often go to. You can go to uh, my website, toddberry.com, and uh, there'll be a little pop-out page, and you can order it from your favorite place to order a book, if you like. There's an audio book as well, and a Kindle version, just not paperback yet. But I have some shows coming up. Where are my shows? Oh, yeah. The Bell House, March 16th in Brooklyn. I'm doing a book release event at uh, The Bell House with John Hodgman, Joel Kim Booster, Janine Garofalo, Sam Morell, and a surprise guest. Then I have some headlining shows March 24th, 25th in Vermont, in Burlington, March, March 31st, April 1st, Atlanta, April 6th through 8th, Philadelphia, April 20th, Fort Wayne, Indiana, April 22nd, Indianapolis, Indiana. So check me out live if you like. Todd Berry Podcast t-shirts available. Go to toddberry.com slash slash shirt. And Feral Audio brings you this podcast. Go to feralaudio.com. Today, uh, Matt Goldage is on the show. He's a very funny comedian. And the guy who's always got a nice writing job. Currently writing for Late Night with Seth Meyers. So, uh... I talked to him, and here's our talk. You have a day off today? Yes. Yeah. Well, I have a week off, actually. A week? Yeah. It's you work for late with Seth Meyers show, right? Yes. That's right. I'm asking that even though I totally knew that. You was totally answer, knew that. And you knew I the name. Made. You also asked me what the name of the podcast was. but I did forget the name of your podcast. You did forget it. You, it would be weird if you forgot the name of Late Night with Seth Myers. <laughs> that would be a weird one to forget. Yeah, don't. it just would not be career-wise. It would not be smart to forget that. No. Yeah. What, uh, your, your podcast is called? Sorry, I've been so busy. Yeah, we've had a huge spike in downloads recently. Really? Yeah. I meant to talk to you about this. You did text me or something. Or I emailed you and I told you that um, out of about 50 episodes, you were the third most uh, downloaded. And then in the last like two days, all of a sudden, um, we've crushed all of our records with downloads for just your episode. Seriously? Yes. So am I number one now? You are number one now. Um, that's that's so that spoils the joy of asking bitterly who was one and two. Um, we can talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we can. Yeah, we can. Um, number one, previously, I, th- I believe it was Neil Brennan. Okay, this episode, which got some press. That's why it really? got picked up in the trades. No, it uh, it uh, well, it got cu- it got cu- written up in a couple of those, you know, uh, whatever Split AV Club or something yeah. that writes up podcasts. But um, 
so I've been I wanted I did want to confront you about this gently <laughs> about whether you hired some like Russian bots or something. No, no, I did not. <laughs> or whether you just sat in front of your computer oh, no. just clicking, downloading it on two thousand different. Just, this is so insulting. Why don't you just think that I'm? I wish I. I know you're joking. No, I mean it. it's definitely possible that your episode from like four months ago all of a sudden skyrocketed. So you actually in popularity. think that I? No, I'm the, sitting at my computer. Going, my other theory. My other theory <laughs> is that um, like uh, you uh, like mentioned it on some uh, like Opie and Anthony or something I don't listen to and can't find evidence of the internet. And you were like, everybody go download this. I it was can't a great say episode. beyond the initial tweet that I oh, did when you. That I, I don't well, it's been sky. It's been hugely popular, and tons of people have listened to All it. Right. And uh, it, you know, I think um, our our podcast we try to focus on what people do all day. And I think you know you have an interesting day. We and especially because we get we do get bogged down in the minutia, and so uh-huh. you have a lot of minutia to cover. I do. I'm all about minutia. Yeah, I'm just still amazed that you thought that I would sit there and just multiply. No, I didn't think that. I thought maybe you paid like you know someone in the Philippines five dollars <laughs> or something to do it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, there's this one podcast that I really want their their numbers to spike. <laughs> well, it'd be a good. It would. It, well, I will say, if this was you, if it was you, it was a good prank because I logged on. And I don't not without getting into how many downloads it normally gets. Mm-hmm. I logged on and it like ten times that number, and I was like, "Oh man!" Like overnight, could be a we glitch. Are a sensation. Could, could be, be a, a glitch in the matrix. Maybe someone did you like do a search to see if someone plugged it or something? I did a little bit of uh, searching, but uh, there was nothing that I could find. How about just appreciating that it spiked and yeah, it's cause right. Of yeah, that's what I think. I, that, I, you know what? Now that we've cleared it up, that's what. But I'm gonna honestly, do. I don't know how that happened. Okay, but just because I look at my numbers sometimes, and it'd be like, oh wow, that guest got way more than that guest, and I don't know yeah. why. Not, you know, they seem relatively equally famous. It could be that the person hacking into our emails decided to play a prank on both of us. They are. They want to. Yeah. They wanted. <laughs> they wanted to create. A if little... they can do that, they can also hack into the the. They would think if they have one capability, they have the other. To hack into the, uh, to hack into the, uh, oh, oh, I guess yeah, they could have yeah hacked into the numbers or or just hired a bunch of bots to download. So how many episodes have you done? Fifty, you said. We've done about fifty. Yeah, and it's basically about people. What keeps them busy? Yeah, I mean, I am really sort of interested and fascinated by, like I've always liked those. Um, did you ever do? Um, Grub Street Diet, where they follow what you eat for oh, the I week. Oh, I did. I did one of those. Yeah. It may have been Grub Street. And then the, the other things where they like, that New York Times thing where they're like, what websites do you read? You know, there's like those little, I'm all, I always love those. I'm a uh-huh. huge sucker for those. And so I'm really interested in like what people's routines is. Like so almost, you know, to uh, the, the, the more, the more boring it seems, the more interested uh, uh, we are in it. Especially because like, um, people come in and they're like, you know, they let's say someone who works on a, a TV show and they're like, I can't really talk about what it's like working there, which is typical because you're not supposed to like divulge like office secrets or like mm-hmm. whatever. And they're like, and I'm like, that's fine. Like, just let's just talk about what the coffee maker situation is like, or let's just talk about what the lunch. That's that's like, like. Uh, I, I like that, too, because like when uh, I did you see the comedians in cars with uh, President Obama? Yes. I just love that he asked him, like, at his underwear drawer and just stuff. Yeah. Because like, I can always hear him talk about yeah. politics, but, like, I do want to know, yeah. like, the day-to-day of being the president. Like, yeah. 
Like I, I have so many questions um, for the president. The Daily Show, not our current president. The Daily Show had uh, a podcast when John Stewart was the host, and the final episode, they had John Stewart on, and he was like their big get, and he spent the entire episode, and this was like you know in the. In the time when, like, The Daily Show with John Stewart was wrapping up and people were very nostalgic and really wanted to, like, hear about the show, and it was all about the food. It was all about the food in the office, and it was all he wanted to talk about, and uh, it was fascinating to me. I like that. So I, Yeah, I like going uh, off, like, I like having musicians on and talking them, to them about something other than their songs. Yeah. Maybe they don't like that, but... I, I cannot listen. I enjoy music, uh-huh. but... I, I, I think it might be because I don't know enough about it, but I cannot listen to musicians talk about the really? craft of making music. I'm like that with, uh, there's a cat scratching the couch. That's here. fine. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Uh, <laughs> they, uh, I'm like that with the sports, with sports and the sports segment of the news. Yeah. Like, I just can't believe that I have to, it's painful to See, me. See, I'm a big an sports athlete. fan. But do you want to hear an athlete, like, post-game talk about? I would rather hear about, you know, it's one of the things I say about, like, Bill Belichick, for instance, you know, who is the coach of the Patriots. And he's very, he doesn't divulge anything. Like, he's very reticent. It's like one word, two word answers. He acts like he's, you know, uh, really miserable to be there. But if you ask him about, like, a certain play and how it worked and, like, the match, like, he will, he'll go on and on about it. Like, so it's, like, one of the few things that gets him talking is because he's such a nerd about football, mm-hmm. he will actually, like, diagram the play and how it worked. I cannot listen to, like, descriptions of, like, offensive line play. Like, I'm not that into it. But I would rather hear an athlete describe a play in detail than, like, talking just, like, cli- athlete cliches. Yeah, just like we gave both, it our 110% we, yeah, exactly. out there. And, like, you know, the, yeah. they're a good team. And, they're, they're, oh, my God. And I just don't understand yeah. how that gets to be yeah. on the news every day. Right. Well, one, it has been nice recently that athletes are more, like, they've, especially basketball, have, have decided to start addressing what's actually going on in the world. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there are some athletes who I can definitely. Yeah. What's that guy's name? Who's funny? He's a. Uh, Barkley? Yeah. He's really funny, right? He is funny, yeah. But he's also, like, he's legit funny, um, but the the bar is much lower for athletes. Obviously. You think so, yeah? Yeah. Because I saw him on Conan, and he had, like, I guess Shaq was sitting there, and they were just busting each other's yeah. balls. And it was just kind of like that, oh, these guys have been friends forever, and yeah. they're just yeah, that sort of sweet ball right. busting that friends yeah. do. So you work for Seth Meyers? Yes. So do you have a like a non-disclosure thing? Um, no. Well, it is funny. I've always, I've never, I've never had like a conversation with anyone there about it. But um, you know, I think there's an understanding. Like you're not, you're not supposed to like talk too much about the job or or. But the the ironic thing is, I I have nothing but good things to say about it. It's literally he's a very nice like, guy. I don't know him he, real well. But he he, he is, but it, it would be weird. If they were like, uh, hey, Matt, we uh, we heard you were on a podcast and you said that uh, it's a great place to work and right. you really enjoy it. And uh, we prefer if you didn't. Uh, that's one of our secrets. darkest so, secrets. Yeah. So, it's a good, it's yeah. <laughs> we don't want people. We don't want it getting out there that uh, that Seth is a really down to earth guy who's just like he is on TV. So please, please don't uh, go on any more podcasts. Do you do monologue or sketch? I uh, write monologue jokes every day, but then also uh periodically contribute to other things so but my 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 focus 
is monologue, and that's the reason I sort of started there, why I got hired. Uh, yeah, I tried to get that job on Conan once. That, I feel like that's the job to get on those shows, because you get to go home a little It's Well, it's earlier. a different... I mean, <laughs> that's, that's it's my not... Pie. It's not yeah. my motivation. I know, right? Yeah, it's not why a lot of people get into comedy writing. I think it's it really it really depends on personality. I mean, I I personally, I have the um, the mindset of like a nine to fiver. Like I like going into an office every day. I like having a routine. I like having like a, d- a defined, determined set of goals. Uh-huh. Um, you know, if the sketch writers on our show could have like could go a week where they have something in every day and then weeks where they have nothing going on. And so it's like different every day. I mean, my day is good because there's like enough different every day that it's like mixes it up, like Mm. depending on what else is going on that day. Um, But there's like a, I I prefer, I'm one of, I'm not, I think I'm in the minority in that I got in that I, I like being in comedy. I like being a comedy writer, but I, I like the lifestyle of an office worker. Like other jobs I've had where I've had to like, I don't like standing up a lot, uh, and I don't. Li- I don't like being <laughs> so that on rules sets. out stand-up comedy. Or yeah, no, I can. Yeah, that. Well, the the performing is distracting, but I don't like standing up doing nothing or standing up watching something. Is really. What do you mean standing up? You being mean- on a set. Okay. I don't like um, uh, jobs that I've had where you're like on set. I mean, I can do it. It's fun to do for like a day. What have you? Get, what jobs have you had that? Are- you know, just like. Um, award shows and things like that or I, I mean or things where I've I, I've never really worked on like a scripted show but um you wrote on the Emmys didn't you I did yeah when Seth hosted it yeah that, that was been fun that was really fun that was crazy because it was like two months after I started so uh in fact the timing was such that I was living in LA it was June of 2014 when I got hired moved out here uh it took so for like two months, I was working out here while my wife was still back in L.A., uh-huh. finishing up her job, moving our stuff. And then like a week after she finally got here, I had to go back to L.A. for a week to write on the Emmys for like eight days. But it was it was great. It was so it was really fun. Did they um, did you have any interaction with like presenters or like banter? Because I've done that for the MTV Awards and you get to meet these. We wrote people. some of those awards shows. The No, we didn't write any of the banter for the presenters. We wrote Seth's intros for the presenters. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've worked on other ones where like you write for the, you do write or you pitch ideas for the banter for the presenters. But um, for that one, we were just writing like Seth's monologue, his intros for the presenters. And then there were a couple of bits that people did that other that certain people worked on but not me so they bu- they brought you out there what kind of hotel would you put what were we talking about here uh it was a pretty good hotel yeah you want to name it sure it was called the uh the chamberlain oh yeah that is nice yeah i liked I've it i always wanted to stay yeah. there that's like kind of tucked mm-hmm. away in a um residentially sort of street. yeah it was nice because you could uh, walk to places from there and i like walking i lived in la and we were one of the few people we lived in a neighborhood where you could walk to stuff and i like walking Los to Feliz? stuff in la uh no i lived um actually uh miracle mile see i don't know what that is it was like third in la brea do you ever live in la oh that's like third street the the where like jones on third is like- yeah but further east there's a corner where uh there's a Trader Joe's and a Ralph's, and then um, actually, when we moved there, it was less developed. But then, uh, at, in the few years, I actually lived yeah right near there when I lived out there, and and on La Brea, all these restaurants started to open up, and you could walk to stuff on Wilshire that was kind of not. By, yeah, when I know, go there, I walk around. I like it. 
um, you know, it, it's less – now that you can Uber everywhere, it's not as important. But I liked, you know, not having – uh, the last time I went out there, I didn't even rent a car. But yeah, yeah I don't. I haven't rent a car the past like five, six times. Yeah. I've been out there. The um, and plus Uber, great company, just like <laughs> solid morals and uh, got Lyft. Yeah, I, I, I mean, still go with Uber. I, I, I operate on the theory that uh, they're all bad, and uh, you just use whatever's on your phone. Like Lyft, Peter Thiel is a Lyft investor, right? And he's a big Trump supporter. Oh, is so, that true? Yeah. He was like one of the main investors. In, so it's like all these companies have yeah, skeletons there, there are these the sort of it's uh, tough too. convenient boycotts that people do, I think, yeah. where it's like, oh, I kind of heard they're a bad company. I won't use I mean, I can yeah. see jumping on board if you're pretty convinced that it, why not just yeah. boycott them. But it doesn't mean like the other option that you're choosing. Did you vet them or do you just kind of... I know, right? You just hadn't heard yet whether they're who. Like you don't know who. I'm going to download an. Is that a, true about a different the app? app on my iPhone that was built by Chinese children? Do you um? <laughs> do you want to live in LA? No, I'm. We're much happier being back here. You are. I, so we lived. I lived here, you know, and uh, for a long time, nine-ish years, and then moved out there for uh, like three years, and the whole time was looking for a reason to come back, and so. When this, uh, my, both my wife and I, our families are from the East Coast, and so, um, I mean, I think if you can find a long-term job in this business in New York, that's kind of the dream, at least it for is. me. I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe other people. Yeah, there's plenty of people who don't live in LA who yeah. are pretty successful. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, there are people who don't like their families or don't need to see them that often, I guess, and prefer to be on the West Coast away from them. I find that the you know, whatever family issues I have are best addressed head on. Really? I th well, I think that um, spending time, time alleviates a lot of the problems, especially now that we have a kid. It's like, I, you know, the, the you know, and, and you want the kid to know their grandparents also. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And plus it's helpful to have them nearby. And so. Yeah. Where do you live here now? Harlem. Harlem. Yeah. Where, uh, I haven't been to Harlem in a while. It's great. We, so we when we moved back here, we I had literally I want to say almost maybe once. I lived in New York for 9 or 10 years and the neighborhood where I live now, I'd been there maybe once or twice in that 9 or 10 years. But when we moved back, we knew we wanted a two bedroom and we were like, where can we afford to get a t two bedroom? And so we looked at Harlem and Harlem or the financial district. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and we just, we pulled the trigger and we ended up loving it so much that we're now buying a place there. Holy shit. Yeah. Are you going to move into Neil Patrick Harris's townhouse? Uh, yeah, no, I'm actually, I'm going to be his magician's assistant <laughs> and, uh, no, but he's up there. Yeah. He's one of our celebs in Harlem. Marcus Samuelson, the chef is another one. And, uh, we have a few, a handful of, uh, but it's becoming, you know, it's kind of nice. It feels like a real neighborhood. We have, like, actual friends, like, that we've met in the neighborhood. And uh, Where should I eat up there? What's good to eat? Um, well, actually, I just finally did. So, uh, it's funny because having a kid, you, but, uh, so Red Rooster is Marcus Samuelson's, like, nice restaurant that's uh -huh. been up there forever. I actually finally went there last weekend for the first time. It was awesome. But then he has a more casual takeout place called street bird that i've probably been to like 50 times or gotten takeout from 50 times because you can just get like a rotisserie chicken to go oh. or something which is yeah so that place they're both good um but there's a lot of good um restaurants up there it's really kind of thriving but uh red rooster yeah is it a chicken restaurant 
No, it's everything. Soul food. And then there's another soul food place that's smaller and uh, less known called Boulevard. That's right. Oh, and then the pizza place is awesome. Soto Casa, Soto Casa <laughs> Pizza. There's one in Brooklyn, too. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, uh, I know that just we just alienated a bunch. I just alienated a bunch of people by going down that road of like right. specific neighborhood restaurant yes. reviews. But that's fully is uh, Andrew's thing on our podcast is like um, he wants to know about like lunch options in specific neighborhoods. And like it's it's so not of interest to anybody who uh, I love talking about that. Shit. Yeah, I, you know, when I go on the road, I that's all, that's all I research. I, yeah. I forget that, oh, there's cultural things I should check out right. as well. No, yeah, it's all about food, sure. Oh, my God. What it, is your wife in show business? No. Lawyer. She, she's, yes. Is she? Mm-hmm. Maybe I knew that or maybe I guessed. I th- You uh, educated guess, perhaps, <laughs> yeah. What kind of lawyer is she? Uh, she does uh, alternative dispute resolution, so mediation. Things. So. Also, like, rather than go to... Uh, yeah. Oh, man, I could have hired her a few times. yeah. She, you know, um, there's a lot of lot of people that, uh, you know, I mean, I'm lucky because I get it for free. I get all my, uh, <laughs> you get your all my well, I mean, it's like, you know, having someone who basically knows how to interact with other people and, co- co- all, you know, about dealing with conflict and, right. you know, that's not my strong suit in terms of like, uh, you know, figuring out how to how to approach things the right way. You know? My disputes might be too small potatoes. For There's no such thing. Really? You know? Um, she would chase down like $100 for me or something? Sure. Well, I mean, like, if you have a, like, um, they're in small claims court, they, uh, you know, they have, like, students that, uh, that you know, that's how they learn um, to do it, like, uh, over small claims. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you'd be surprised, like, those small ones can easily turn into big ones, you know? But not if you're, if you're su- suing, like, some shithead comedy booker who's broke have you done that um i've had a couple of things where uh yeah where people have just flat out ripped me off yeah right have you and you can you take them to small claims court or anything like that or? i there's i could have on a mm. couple of them yeah uh, a couple of times like one time i called well, a couple of times i guess i got lawyers to talk to them mm-hmm. and i don't know it might be uh a thing of like you're just it's too much of an uphill battle because like I hate to get worn down right. by someone who just is like not going to pay me. Like, yeah, I feel like no, you're going to pay me. But, well, what's interesting you know. is it depends. Have you ever called anybody out on social media? Have you ever thought about that? I've thought about that. Yeah, because that because that really is the most powerful thing, right? I, I mean, at this point, um, you don't want to become the guy who's always uh, complaining about the airline, um, you know. But uh, I mean, people do that. But. Yeah, I mean, I've seen. Um, Tweets were like this guy, mm-hmm. and it's often a comic. Yeah, who is a comic booker who rips people off? They'll say you might not want to work for this guy. But. Yeah, I think that's fine as long as it's not like a. I mean, you know, it's a it's a fine line though between like a a personal dispute, like a difference of opinion that you're pre- turning into a big thing versus like this guy's. And I have only really ever once used my Twitter to complain about a business. What was that? It was actually, so ironically enough, it's a coffee, it was a coffee shop. I won't say the name of them now, but, uh, it's a coffee shop that's very close to my old, uh, neighborhood, uh, in LA on La Brea. 
And people who live in L.A. probably know about this place, a lot of people. So You'll be uh, telling the name once we go off mic. Yes. So I, I, when we lived there, we lived very close to there, and I had gone there several times, uh, like, you know, have, uh, get coffee, have, meet with somebody there for coffee, whatever. And at the time, we did not have a kid when we were in L.A. So um, we went back there. My wife and I were with our, our kid who was like one at the time. When we were visiting L.A. last year, we were just like, you know, in between things. We like stopped in to get coffee. And there was a sign. I noticed a sign on my way in that said no one under 18 is allowed in the coffee shop. Under 18? So, no one under 18. And so I saw this and I thought, well, like, oh, they're trying to keep out like rowdy teens or whatever. You know, I thought they meant. You know, no one under 18 unaccompanied. Like, that's what I assumed right. they meant. You it's know? a little weird to not let a 17-year-old study or yeah, something. right. So, we go in, with, and we're holding our kid, and uh, the guy goes, uh, no one, no, no, no kids, no kids in the coffee shop. And I'm going like, what? What do you mean no? It, you know, we're just, we're not even, like, we're just getting a coffee to go. Like, we're yeah. not even, you know. And he goes, I, you can wait in the parking lot, and I can bring you one. And we're like. No, forget it. Bye. Like, we're out of here. Yeah. And, like, the guy, he was so weird about it and, like, aggressive. Was it his? Did just, you sense that he was the owner? Or? I sensed that he was the owner. And in talking to some other people who know about this coffee shop, they said that um, they call he's, like, the coffee Nazi or something. Like, he's known for, like, he has other rules about, like, um, you know, everyone has to order something, which I understand. I'll but also, But also, like, someone was saying that, like, they went to greet their friend there. They went to go meet their friend there, and they went to the table first to say hi to their friend before they went to order something. And the guy was like, you have to order something. Like that oh, you know what, though? I'm going to stop you. Yeah. Because we'll get back to this, yeah. though. That is one of my huge coffee shop pet peeves is you yeah. get in line. Some asshole comes in or four people come in, throw down their shit on a table. Yeah. And now... Then you get your coffee. You don't have a place to sit, but the person coming in after you does. But their friend was already at the table. That's true. That's so, already, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. Because that doesn't. Um, that doesn't. Yeah. That's not cutting. I. I. God. I. I mean, like. Yeah. I have. Obviously, there are pet peeves, but then there are people that are so. Like I was actually once at a Whole Foods. I remember this, and my wife was like, "Okay, I'll get in line, and you pick up like the one last thing we need." And like, so I'm. She's like at the front of the line, and I'm sort of like making my way past all these people, and like. The person, you know, the very aggressive person who's like, excuse me, there's a line here. And I was like, you really don't think I saw the seven lines right. of people? Like, I'm just going to be like, oh, I'm just going to meander my yeah. way. Like, clearly, like, right. my wife is right there. Like, I got one thing and now I'm getting back. But uh, but th that was like, and again, like, I understand, like, you don't want a crying baby in your coffee shop, I guess. Like, I, I, I even that I'm a little, but like, we were just getting coffee to go. Yeah, to go, like. Take the chance that yeah. babies won't cry, and maybe that will, and then it's going to be gone soon. Yeah, and so I, I tweeted that I thought that was an unfair policy, that it was, you know, um, and also and also a dumb policy, because it's like, who do they think is getting coffee at, like, 2 o'clock on a Tuesday? It's a lot of parents. It's a lot of, and nannies, and people yeah. with, jo you know, it's yeah, like. Yeah, I mean, I, I like when, like, I've seen movie theaters that don't allow, like, under five or something. Yeah. But I feel like 18 is kind That's of, That's like, fine. Ridiculous. A movie theater is, like, a two-hour um, you know, silent experience. Does he card people? Like, if you're 16, but look, I guess 19 I don't know. or something. I mean, like, and if you want to say, like, oh, hey, like our kid is over here screaming in the corner. Like, could you guys, 
Yeah, I mean, it would be rude. I guess you don't. I don't know. It was a weird. It was a weird. Did he respond to the tweet? No. But other people, some uh, 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 like some sports radio host or something, saw it and was like, you know, basically using it as a as a way to like uh, as support for his own anti kid views. Like, you know, just like people shouldn't bring kids places. And I was just like. You know, it's a lot. You could just bring headphones. It's not like, you know, and also like my kid is not like going going over to your table, like throwing like food right. in your face. Like, right. if you know, I, I I get that like people have, there are some people who have a, uh, are not looking after their kids well enough. And those people do have a responsibility to like keep them in check, you know, but like, you know, did you read Yelp reviews on this guy? Uh, yes. And there, there must are, be someone else who mentioned that, right? Yeah. Well, apparently he's like, you know, it's one of those things where I think he's trying to keep it like a, you know, a quiet play, but going way over what's necessary to, to actually do that. Um, yeah, I, uh, that seems excessive. Yeah. Because like you travel a lot and yeah. you fly a lot. And so like you, you know that like, it's not fun to have a, like a crying baby on an airplane, but you must have like come up with coping mechanisms to deal with it because you know it's just a part of flying. Right. I mean, I, I can't say get your baby off this flight. Right. And it's I also just not. Sometimes the thing is crying so hysterically that I, I it's like, I feel bad for the baby and yeah. I kind of feel bad for the parent. Yeah. I just don't like the parents who are like oblivious. Like I, you know, no. just your, their kid's kicking the seat and they don't say anything. It's like, you see your kid kicking the seat. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always... Turn to the person in back of me and say, like, I'm so sorry or whatever, you know, but, uh, you know, but I, I agree with you. If you're apologetic about it and you're understanding or about it. Or if you, it, like, go to a restaurant and your kids just wreck the table and you don't really, like, leave a few extra dollars or something. We always, I always try to tip well. I always try to, like, make a, you know, half to two-thirds asked effort to clean up after uh, ourselves. How was the coffee at that place with the guys meet? Wouldn't know. It's been a few years, and uh, you know, not worth it. But uh. now, when we met, we met like on the at Luna Lounge or something like that. Probably way back in the day. Yeah, we were doing stand up. Mm-hmm. You still do stand up? I do. Yeah. And how often do you do it? So that wasn't like a test. No. I, well, this is actually. I'm curious about. It. I want to get your opinion oh, on good. something. So this is good. So I started doing stand up about uh, 15 or 16 years ago. Yeah. And I've, in that entire time, I've never been a full-time, you know, stand-up as a career uh, person. You know, I've never, I've always been like, you know, did it somewhere between like one and three times a week that whole time. Uh, But I never stopped, you know, other than like maybe like, you know, when I had a kid or something, I might, you know, and I was working full-time, I might have like... When we had our baby, I might have stopped for like two or three months or something like that. But that's pretty long stop. But yeah, you could have a baby, right? But I and I full, right now I'm at a place where you know when I when I had a baby and a full time job was probably the least I was ever doing, and that was maybe like once or twice a month. Uh huh. Um, but I'm also not one of these people that was like, hey, now that I have a job, a full time writing job, I'm going to completely stop doing stand up. Yeah. So uh, the opportunity arose, and next month I'm going to record an album, my first yes, ever that comedy album. Yeah. So uh, I want to. So my feeling is, I've been doing. I've probably over the 15 or 16 years that I've done stand up, I've probably done about 
six or like six or seven years worth of stand up. Does that you, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, like it's just spread out more. Right. So, uh, you know, I, I might do I feel fully prepared to record the album? No, but I'm trying to determine if I've earned the right to record an album. Uh, yeah. I mean. Yeah, why? Like for someone you like did you, wait sixteen so, years. Someone so. like you who who is really, you know, a stand-up. Like yeah. whether you would look at me as someone I'm exceptional. Who's, who, I know. Who, I just, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a ten thousand hours I'm person. Would, would you look at me as someone who who is? No, I don't see you as uh, like a. I mean, it it's, it all depends on someone's attitude. Where, right? Where, where if they seem entitled or they don't want to do the work. And they think like, hey, how come I'm not getting a special? Well, you do comedy once every four months. So that's right. Not getting a special. Yeah. But no, why not? You've accumulated 16 years worth of jokes. That's what I think. Just how does it hurt anyone? I want to call it my. I want to call the album 15 years, 45 minutes. That's my plan. <laughs> that's actually funny. Yeah, that is funny. Which is like that's how long it took me to write 45 minutes. Was yeah. I mean, your first album should be yeah. Every. It's also. I mean, yeah. You have. You don't have the. Mm-hmm. You're not like touring a lot so people like heard these jokes heard mm-hmm. these jokes yeah no so, i've yeah, had a couple just, of my little tv things here, here and there but i uh you know it's been fun because i've been going back now the, the and i've been record i've been uh looking like i have you know documents and like old jokes i'm going back and old jokes that i used to do a lot and now don't do as much anymore and i'm saying like oh now that i'm like i think Maybe not as performing as much, but a better writer. I'm going back and finding things where I'm like, oh, that would be better if I did this or, you know, like fixing the writing of them. And now it's just a matter of just having enough time to try them again on stage before I. Where are you recording this album? At The Stand here in New York. How many so, shows? You, how many re- shows are you going to record? Just, uh, well, I'm going to do one, the full thing, and then afterwards, I think the second show, I'll do like another, just to do some pickups, like to do like things that didn't go well or things uh-huh. that I, you know. So, and, and I'm also able to hopefully cut things out. Like if I do like an hour, maybe the album will be like how long's an album typically? Forty five minutes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, forty five an hour. But yeah. I would uh, recommend doing two shows. Yeah, the problem is. Uh, packing the house for two shows would be is challenging for me. But, yeah, I mean, I've generally when I've done albums, I pick places that hold a hundred people. Yeah, I mean, the stand is about hundred, I guess, yeah. hundred and something. Yeah, but um, I, I, I'll talk to them about it. But I, I, uh, I think the second, I was thinking the second show, I might do like a half hour, like you know, why if you have a second show booked, why not do the full hour? Because I think the second show, I don't know if they'll, I don't know if they'll, they're willing to book just me for two whole shows. But I'll, but I'll, I'll talk to them about it. I mean, the, the way these things usually work out is you do end up using probably 90% from one show. Yeah. But, you know, it's good to have that because you never know what you're up against. I'm not trying to spook you. I'm just saying. No, I know. If you get a dead crowd and it's that's your hour. Right. Well, I think I, I'm trying to stack the deck to the point where that's not. Like, Are you going to load the audience? Yeah, that's not, I'm a, bad, I'm gonna, not a bad idea. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm going to really, like, I, I have enough, you know. Uh, friends and family and people I work with that hopefully will come and support. That's the plan. So, you know, although sometimes that can be dicey because sometimes those people have heard the jokes and they don't laugh. But I also, it's been many, many years since I, you know, back in the day when I was performing more and I was more adamant about getting my friends to come out to stand-up shows and advertising them and promoting them. And I haven't been doing it as much recently. So I hope that people will, uh, uh, 
you know, be receptive because I haven't been bothering them all the time. Like, this is the yeah. first time in like five years I've emailed you to come to a show and just. Say, when are you doing this? Uh, April, April thirteenth. That's the oh, plan. you still have some time. Yeah. So, and then I'm, you know, I'm definitely doing more spots coming up in preparation for it. Uh, what other questions do you have about being a, a stand-up? <laughs> uh, how? Well, let's see. I mean, like, I mean, how many times a week do you do stand-up now? Um, I haven't counted. Like, yeah. I haven't counted. I, you know, probably seven or eight. Right. Or maybe more. Maybe a little less. Did you ever stop? What's the longest you ever? I mean, I stopped. I've done brief stops for various reasons, but nothing like months. Yeah. I don't know what, like, the longest period I've gone. Yeah. But. Um, I recently started, this is crazy, but um, literally within the last week for the first time ever, uh, I started uh, recording audio of my sets. Oh, you got to do that. Yeah. I mean, I do it and then hardly listen to them, but, yeah. I, I... Over the years, I've developed what I think is like a a pretty good system where I immediately get off stage and before I forget, I put like make little notes next to uh, my jokes like, oh, that did well, that didn't well, never do that again, right? star, double star, you know, or like like a one or two word reminder to myself like, oh, I said this. So like that's been pretty foolproof, but I've just decided just for the sake of making sure no, uh, nothing is... Um, left a chance to just start recording them and uh, and listening back to them. And I've also started uh, bits that I know by, mem- by memory, I've started transcribing them word for word. Really? That's, That's been a very like, regimented uh, style you have. I, I feel like my... That, uh, you know, I'm I'm preparing for I'm trying to prepare for this album like it's you know take it seriously. That's my plan. You should. Yeah. Do you? Uh, are you a guy who writes on stage? I do. do. I mean, like most of my jokes are shorter. Like not uh, sometimes not so much one liners, but like two or three liners. And so, but there are times where I will uh, uh, come up with something off the cuff. And it gets a big laugh, and I go, oh, i got to remember that that, yeah. um, you know. Um, so uh, I'm the, I think the recording help. I usually can remember those, but the recording is helping. Like there's, you know, certain things where the wording, it, it'll help to have the recording. I will sometimes, like, uh, what I try to do is, you know, I record on my phone, but rename the file based on, like, oh, the pizza joke worked tonight. So just pizza joke. Oh, that's smart. But sometimes yeah. I just get too lazy to even do that. And then you're like, you just have all these generic file names. You're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. But I think probably the best thing to do is listen as soon as you get home. Um, even though it's the last thing yeah. you'll ever want to do. Right. God, it's, oh, I hate listening to myself. Yeah. It's not like the early days when I loved it. <laughs> I've never hated I don't like my own voice but I've never hated listening uh, to myself um, are you going to go on the road at all I mean have I've, you ever been on the road I, I so back uh, there was a period of about five years where I did a bunch of colleges um, but I've never really done very much uh, club work on the road other than like a couple weekends of featuring here and there and then uh, you know Hey, I'm in this. I happen to be in this city. Uh, can I do a guest spot on your show, kind of thing? Um, but I've never, uh, I've never headlined on the road. I mean, I've and I've never honestly really featured on the road because I always had, I always had jobs like you know, oh. and so I never. It was never anything. There was never anything that was worth me 
like featuring is is it's tough. It just doesn't pay very much, and so it's like it's very helpful though. I think it is, and you know, there, I should I, I, if I could do everything over again, what I would have done is like made more of an effort to go on the road like ten years ago when I was starting out. Um, at this point in my life. It's, you know, although now I, you know, I am, once the album uh, hopefully comes out, okay, I would like to do some things to, to support it. But, um, you know, but I definitely, like I said, I'm not somebody who like just wanted to be a writer and then stop, but I also, I, I do like being at home and I like the full-time job thing. And so, but, I, but if there's stuff that I can do on the side, I really want to. So Did you get into stand-up? to get a writing job or do you just like both things i got into stand-up it was such a weird thing where it was just so when i was in college i i didn't even i mean i knew i liked comedy on some level uh i always loved snl or uh and uh, you know stand-up i loved the simpsons i love but when i got to college i applied for uh, i uh, auditioned for the sketch group and didn't get in i auditioned for the improv group and didn't get in and I was like, I'll just start a stand-up group. This was great because at my school, you could just start any extracurricular activity group you wanted. So I basically put out flyers, and I found like eight or ten other kids that wanted to do stand-up. We would just put on shows on campus. Is it at Brown? Yeah. I read that about you at so, Brown. So I did, yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, so, yeah. So, I mean, like, I just went. And even when I moved to New York, like, I was already, like, I had done stand-up on. But all I knew was, like. TV, entertainment. I didn't even really know. It was weird because I was a page at NBC. That was my first job. Oh. And it wouldn't even occur to me that, like, this was when, like, SN well, SNL was there, but then Conan was there and uh, doing late night. It wouldn't have even occurred to me that anybody who would be in the page program wouldn't want to work at Conan or SNL. Like, I didn't even think it through that far. I was just like, oh, those are the best jobs. And then it was only later that I was like, oh, yeah, those are the best jobs if you want to work in comedy and you yeah. like comedy. Um, so I, forgot, I what does a page even do? I forgot. Give tours. Um, and then there's better. I was telling someone recently, you know, um, I, uh, you know, they have different assignments. So, like, my assignment was I was the Conan audience page. So I would be in charge of all of the seating and the ticketing for the audience of, of Conan. Or I would work under the audience coordinator of Conan. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, I auditioned for, uh, or not auditioned, I um, I interviewed for a job as the SNL desk page. So, like, the, the, the page, you know, running the, uh, you know, the front desk at, Saturday Night Live, and uh, you know, I went in the interview thinking, "Oh, I'll I'll say the truth, the perfect thing, which is I want to be a writer at Saturday Night Live. That's my dream job, and that's why this is a perfect job for me." And not realizing that's that makes the you look last like a thing you're supposed to say, right? Then yeah, you're like other oh, guys, you're supposed, you know. And I and in my to be fair, I was a terrible. I was all you know. I I always had jobs like production assistant or researchers or like sort of low level jobs on TV. I was sort of simultaneously working my way up in those while I was doing stand-up in the city but i was terrible at them and because i was i was definitely entitled and i always try to remember that when i encounter other younger people who seem entitled mm -hmm. is that i was just as much of of an entitled uh, asshole what did you major in at brown poli sci really? uh, because there was no like you know um there was no like you know comedy or 
liberal arts or I mean, there's no like communications. I mean, there was a major major called modern culture and media, which was related Ooh. to like film, but uh, it was all like I took the first like couple classes in it, and it was like. Uh, Who's that guy who makes the the movie with the eyeball getting sliced open? Uh, oh, you, you know wow. what I'm talking about. It was a lot of very artistic. Like I, I thought it was like going to be a film. David Lynch? No, it's um, uh, what's it called? Not Bunuel. Maybe Bunuel. It's like from the 20s or something. Oh, okay. I thought it was going to be like a film major. And then I was like, why are we spending the first, like, ten weeks of the class talking about Marxism? It was, like, one of those things, you yeah. know, it was very, and so it was very esoteric. And did so, you like living in Providence? I did, yeah. It was great. Um, I've been back for, all, like, my uh, reunions and stuff, like, five, ten, fifteen years. I have a lot of nostalgia for Do you? Uh, yeah, it was great. Do you, um, why don't you do a show there? I should. I've gone back. It's been several years, but I have gone back and done. I'm actually, it's kind of sad that I don't know this for sure, but I started the group, the Brown Stand-Up Comics, and it kept going for a long time. It may still be going, and it's kind of pathetic that I don't know whether it's still going. <laughs> um, I should have more information about, because I am technically the founder of it. So, I mean, that seems like it'd be an easy thing to... Uh... I It would be, yeah. Yeah, I should really go back and look. Um, I don't know why I didn't like do shows there. There was one time I went back for my 10-year reunion, and uh, I may have told you the story. I definitely told it uh, on our podcast once, but... Um I, um, you know, Jordan Carlos, mm -hmm. he's a comic and he went, he was my year. And so he was like, uh, he was doing a panel. It was our, it was our 10 year reunion weekend and it was a panel on, um, uh, like Brown alums in entertainment or comedy or writing or something. Uh -huh. And he's like, Matt, you should do this panel. And I was like, all right, like whatever. And then like, nobody ever asked me to like do it like he you know he's like i'll give them the information that i never heard from anybody and so like the day before he was like matt you gotta do this panel tomorrow i was like it's tomorrow like if they want me like you know it's this like, is why you were going there no i was going just for my reunion oh, and I then see. they have these like panels okay. as part of the weekend right so i was like i'm not gonna do the panel i'm here to enjoy myself but i'll go to support you so i'm like watch so i show up and i'm like literally wearing like shorts and a t-shirt because it's like you know a 90 degree day and i'm just like walking around and uh the panel has already begun, and um, Jordan is the only person on the panel. It's the moderator and Jordan, and I guess, like, everyone else bailed. And, like, so Jordan was like, Matt Gold is just here. Like, come on up. And, like, and my wife is like, you have to go. And so, like, in front of, like, hundreds of people, I basically, like, completely unprepared went up and, like, was on this panel, like, in shorts, like, not expecting to do it. Like, you know. It was a showbiz panel? Like, how to get it? It was, like, you know. So the reunion, at the, they basically have every year's reunion and the graduation the same weekend. So there's like all these like alums and also parents and people on campus, just like thousands and thousands of people. And so in front of like hundreds of people, it was like, and I, at the time, I don't even know. I think I was, it may have even been like unemployed at the time. And they were like, I was like, you want me to tell you how to And there were make a lot of people at the business? panel though. Yeah. Yeah. There was like a lot of people in the audience. I mean, I think it's because like. You know, if you're not sure what to go to, like, you know, entertainment and comedy and TV sounds a lot more interesting than like, you know, whatever other, you know, art history of the 17th century or something. Yeah. You know. So what do you do on your day off? Oh, your week. You have a week off. Mm -hmm. This week has all been about. You guys about, get paid during a week, right? We do. Yeah. And you get residuals for the repeats, right? Yeah. So you make more money when you're not working. Uh, technically, yes. Sorry to get off. Yeah, no, money. it's, no, you're right, yeah. Um, 
I uh, do a mix of things. You know, I'll do a couple podcasts this week. We have our podcast. We'll record a couple episodes. Do some do some more stand up. I've been writing, working on a uh, thing for the album. Catch up on personal uh, errands and personal business tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to give the 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 uh, caretaker a day off, and I'll take the kid for the day and hang out with him. So that's good. Um, well, you know, go to the park or go How to music class or whatever. He's two. So, oh my god! Yeah. So that'll be fun, and uh, you know, I, uh, uh, you know, kind of sometimes you know I'll go places, travel, but you know I try not to go too far. You know, my my wife works, so uh, we can't really. You know, other people who are um, either not married or whose spouses have you know more flexible schedules will often like time, you know, vacations with these kind of weeks off. Oh, yeah. Which, um, and I've done that in the past. Like last summer, we. We actually just went to L.A. for a week because, you know, visit friends and family that live there. But we also, uh, one week when my kid was real little, we uh, we took a week when we had some time off and just went to uh, Sweden for a week. Which was Sweden's fun. great. Yeah. How did you pick Sweden? Um, we were looking for somewhere that would be, like, kid-friendly because we had, it was six months old at the uh-huh. time. And uh, it was just, like, you know, somewhere where, like, we could sort of, like, walk around with him and be... The great thing about it was, first of all, it's not like Rome where you're like, we got if we don't see this and this and this and this and this, then we've wasted our trip. Like there was no, there was not one thing in <laughs> Stockholm where we were like, we have to see it. We were just, so we went to Stockholm and then we went to this island called Sandham, and uh, you know we could just be on our own. And it was like if we happened to do one thing that day, great. And if not, you know, because he was six months old, it's hard traveling with six months old. We were just like, we'll just walk around and see what the city's like. And it ended up, what they don't tell you about having a real little kid and traveling is um, going to Europe is great because they stay on the same body clock. So we would just like, it was actually like being kind of young again because we would just stay up with him. He would, you know, he would, stay up until like 12 or one in the morning. We would just like take him to like a late dinner in a restaurant. And then we would all sleep until like 10 the next morning, which, you know, which you never do with a six month old Right. going to LA. The opposite is much harder because if they stay on the same schedule, it's like, you know, they need to go to bed at like four or five at night and then like wake up at like 3am. It's like the worst. So going to Europe, going to Europe, that's what I tell people. Like, I saw Fira Eisenberg, I remember, right after uh-huh. she had her baby. And I was like, this is my hot tip. Like, if you can swing it, like, go to Europe. I've never heard that before. That's that's pretty interesting. Yeah. And then a good tip. Yeah. So if you, that's, my, that's my tip for people with, like, and before, and before they turn, because I think that traveling with a real little baby is in many ways easier than traveling with, like, a two-year-old, you know. Really? Yeah, because they sleep any, you know, you could just sort of like put them, you know, you know ideally they, I mean, the, the flight is hard. The flight is hard. Um, and and you have to make sure you get like a, you know, a hotel. Like we were actually in two different hotels in uh, Stockholm and one was great and the other one was just like, you know, we were, ha- we were bottle feeding at the time and we, like, things you don't even think about, like, um, the sink in the room was like one of those like flat sinks uh-huh. and it was like so we were literally like washing bottles in the shower oh man. and uh it was uh it was kind of it was intense but it was also really really fun you know 
So you only went to Stockholm on this island? I've never heard of that island. This island called Sandham where there's no cars allowed. And it was kind of, I guess the, the we were there in August and I guess the peak time for this island is like June, July. So it was kind of dead and it was really, really fun. And you go on these like just desolate like nature hikes. And, oh, nice. uh Yeah, it was great. It was super fun. Have you traveled a lot in general? I've been some. Uh, my wife and I have been like, you know, it's funny because like we've been like, I would say together dating for like 10, 11 years and we don't go on like a ton of, but like when you think about it, like if you go on like a f- cool fun trip, like every two years, you know, we went to like Brazil on our honeymoon. Oh, we went man. to France. We went to, um, Mexico. So we've been, a I've bunch never of been to Mexico or South America. Oh, really? Brazil was great. We went to Rio and this beach town called Buzios. And then Mexico is like, you know, I've been a few different places in Mexico, but like, you know, they're all kind of different. Um, but yeah, oh, um, to Mexico, man. Yeah, you Have should. Have you been to Asia at all? Uh, yes, I've been to. Oh, we went to Tokyo. I went. Oh, to, I went to I Tokyo, went to Tokyo by myself. My, my wife. That was really fun. Year and a half ago or something. And then I went to Beijing for the Olympics in 2008, which was the Olympics were awesome. But was Beijing, that for a job? No, it was just for fun with my two brothers. It was like kind really? Of like, yeah, we we uh, yeah. It was the Olympics were awesome. Beijing is a hard trip. It's it's very un. Uh, it's like you know, n- no English and like really not pretty. You know, like cool, like obviously amazing. You know, great wall and the yeah. Forbidden City and great stuff, but like not Tiananmen Square, but like not like a. It's more, it was more like a punishing trip, if you know what I mean. Like yeah. one of those where you're just like, I'm glad I did this, but it was not easy. Um, Tokyo is like a great. It's kind of like Stockholm. I love just, Tokyo. It's a great place to just wander. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, I want to yeah. go back there. So, um, I know. And then uh, we, uh, you know, the the nice thing about Tokyo that I found was like, you know, we were, you know, like I'm a kind of a coffee uh, addict. I, I'm not so much a coffee snob as a coffee addict, but like, you know, you walk into a Starbucks there and it's filled with Japanese people. So you're just like, well, I guess if the locals do uh-huh. this, then it's okay for me to do it. Because you don't want to be, you don't want to be like the guy going to Starbucks. Like if you go so to a Starbucks, what you're saying is that you were surprised to find Japanese people in a Tokyo coffee shop. Well, no, no, no. I'm saying like if you go to Paris and you go to a Starbucks, you really feel like you're being an asshole because you, you're like, this is Paris. I could go any to any wonderful Parisian coffee shop in the world, and I'm being a tourist. But if you go to Tokyo and there it's filled with Japanese people, then you're like, well, I'm not a tourist. I'm doing what the locals do. But I would argue there's really good coffee in Tokyo that you didn't need to go to Starbucks. I might have got we got some some real nice hand poured coffee. Ooh. We got we got some. I should have done more. But but I'm I the thing is I'm I look under all circumstances I prefer not to go to Starbucks. But I'm one of those people where like I need coffee at certain times. How and many I'm cups just, a day are we talking about? I have about two cups in the morning, and then uh, I have one in the afternoon. Generally, unless if I have a chill at late afternoon and night, I can get away with like a tea uh, in the afternoon. But if I have something to do at night, or if I'm like trying to write jokes that afternoon, I need more coffee. Do you? um, Oh, did you go to Golden Guy in Tokyo? Yeah. Oh, so cool! Really, really cool. the uh, little mini bar, the bars that are like yeah, four. the micro bars. Yeah, they're did you go cool. to the robot show? I we did go to touristy things. Ever. We did go to the robot show again. Super touristy, but also like yeah, that's like a must see. Fully yeah. worth it. Yeah, like I mean touristy, but also like uniquely Japanese, right? right? Yeah, so you're it's not like, going to see that anymore. Yeah, 
that's what I, how I felt. So that's I didn't feel, I feel about it. I didn't feel bad about it being. Where's your next trip going to be? You know, we got to figure that out. We're bu- we're buying an apartment, so that's like taking some. Did you find one already? Uh, we found. Yeah, we're we're closing soon. So oh my God. we uh, so it's that hard to buy an apartment. What's that? Is it hard? I keep interrupting you. I'm sorry. It is. Uh, it is hard. It's like um, it, it's I've in the last. So I, what I told someone recently is I've been at my job for about almost three years now i've uh scanned and emailed more documents in the last three months than i had in the entire two and a half years before that because it's just like constant where it's like why am i i know i've sent you my 2014 tax return three times already like why am i sending it again but it's just like and and to be honest to be fair my my wife has done 90 percent of the legwork uh-huh. and hard work and i'm still like overwhelmed by it all yeah there's all this yeah. recommend letters of reference it's like yeah who can't get a reference letter like we each needed three letters of recommendation from people we knew from people we didn't work with and weren't related to oh really yeah so friends friends yeah friends that's, say, that's a, you yeah. write the letter i sign it yeah and then you Basically, send it in yeah so it was intense and uh i'm i'll be happy when, but then even when it's over we still have to do the we have to renovate it and so that because of because that i think that will be our summer and so because of that i think that we are not going to get to travel probably how do you time much. going from a rental into a place you buy uh we it, the time is going to work out such that hopefully the by the time the renovations are done our lease will be almost up and uh it'll work out oh it's God. going to work out hopefully yeah coincidentally uh you know other than i mean you know i i know people who've like ended up with like two kids like one of which is a baby like hopping from air to airbnp to airbnb because like the place isn't ready the right. contractor said oh was, that God. sounds like a nightmare yeah what uh? What do you have to plug? We're going to wrap things up here. We got man. the podcast. Sorry, I've been so busy. My co-host with Andrew Goldstein, I should okay. mention, my old one of my oldest friends. We sorry, were, I've been so busy. Sorry, I've been so busy. We were camp counselors together. Oh wow! Um, and uh, we uh, drops once a week, every week on Wednesday. You can find it on iTunes. Um, and uh, we have a Facebook page. Sorry, I've been so busy. Um, the album I don't uh, will come out later this. Who's putting out? Uh, Are you allowed to tell me? Comedy Dynamics. Okay, I think so. That's hopefully, yeah. Or now they're called something else. New Wave. Yeah, the, but they have a new name. Oh, is there a third name? I believe so. Oh I'm not God. sure. Um, and then uh, people should watch Late Night with Seth Meyers. I guess. Oh, that's right. I had I didn't really ask much about. Seth that's fine. Uh, you know. I guess I asked a little bit. Yeah, we talked about it. Yeah. Um, watch the monologue. That's what I... That's, yeah, watch I, Matt's monologue. I, I, I often write for the monologue, and they're all on YouTube now, which is great. And guess the jokes. How many monologue writers are there? Act like my grandmother and guess. try to guess which jokes I wrote. Um, there's about five or six of us that are foc- that focus on the monologue, but we all do also do Who other stuff they? on the any show. Any friends of mine? Uh, you know what's funny? I was telling someone this recently. This is, I think, maybe the only staff I've been on where, at this point, I think I'm the only stand-up. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Michelle Wolf used to work there, but That's she's right. at the Daily Show now. But uh, I think I'm the only person. I mean, there might be people who've tried it or done it, but um, I'm the Todd Barry of the uh, the staff. Oh, yeah, I'm you the, wish. Uh, right? I'm the full. I'm the uh, the whole Magilla. What's your Twitter? Your tweets are good. At Matt Goldich, G O L D I C H is my last name. Thanks for being here, man. Thanks, Todd. It's been fun. Folks at home, thanks for listening. We'll see you soon. 
This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub, Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase.